Rise Up. Welcome to Rise Up Radar, where we keep the Falcons on your radar. Thank you for joining me, Stan Parker, for another episode. Let's have a ball and show. We are back again with another episode. Mr. Todd Brooks, how are you doing tonight, my friend? Uh, you know, uh, kind of think about this Falcons team a little bit, and they're kind of just the ultimate Jekyll and Hyde team, you know? It's like yeah. when you need them to win, they lose. And when you need them to lose, they win. It's such a strange – just such a strange year for – well, for everything, but for the Falcons as well, just – uh, when you really think they're going to go get steamrolled because of all implications of last game, they really laid down against these Panthers and they just baffle you. I mean, it's, it, they looked like vintage Falcons there for about mm, three quarters of the game. So maybe two quarters of the game. So, um, yeah, let's jump right into um, – oh, by the way, Todd – the votes are in. Our boy won, by the way. This is breaking news. Our boy won. Max Freed won the gold glove for the pitchers. Man. Oh, I saw that this morning. <laughs> well, he didn't get he didn't get the uh, Cy Young though. No, but he got. He, I think Trevor Bowers winning that more right. than likely. He got hurt at the end of the year, but I think he won the gold glove because of his pickoff move. He led yeah. the league in pickoffs. Anyway, all right, so. Let's recap. We can kind of just toss it back and forth um, to what you saw, what was good, what was bad, what was notable. Um, so, like we said before, they they played the Panthers. The last game they played the Panthers was they lost twenty three to sixteen, and um, Mike Davis ran all over them, like broke tackles, and just uh, he statistically didn't have that great of a game, but. Um, there the fourth quarter he was just like it like the bell cow and he they just could not break him down so and there was no pressure teddy b like we said before <clears throat> teddy b had all day to sit back there and pick the falcons apart and he looked like a starting caliber quarterback last game this game was a little different uh i think raheem morris is a pretty smart guy in the fact that he understands that he is putting tape on film tape on film he's putting um plays on film to audition for another head coaching job because I think him being head coach for the Falcons is not very likely, but somewhere else, maybe. So I think that's. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, definitely somewhere else. I don't, I, I wouldn't think he would be a serious candidate for the Falcons head coaching job. Not at this point. I mean, I think you have a lot of factors going against him there. First, I need to uh, start over new. Need some fresh faces in there. Number two, he's already blown a game. Um, it's a long season. I mean, the guy realistically, he's not gonna go. He wasn't gonna go eleven to zero. I don't think he's gonna go ten and one. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm totally with you on that. So, all right, so we'll start from the beginning. The, I took some. I started taking notes like for real during the game, and the first three drives. If what if the first three like possessions for the Falcons? Well, the first three drives for the Falcons were any indication how this game was go going to go. I was going to turn the TV off. So listen to the catastrophe that happened in the first like the first possession. They get the ball, their first offensive possession. 
vintage Ryan to Julio connection. They pick up 53 yards in two plays. They march down the field. And in the and now, mind you, they blew the game previous to this with uh, reds with fourth down, like inopportune fourth down conversions that went awry. And Raheem Morris all week had said, "We're gonna stay aggressive. That's our mo. We're gonna be aggressive. That's our thing. We're being aggressive." So they get down to it's a fourth. It's like it's like fourth and one inside the ten yard line. First possession of the game, and they take a they take a timeout. First possession, it's like you're blowing timeouts. You only get three of these per half, so they blow a timeout there. And then after the timeout, because they line up to go for it, um, and actually I don't even think they were lining up to go for it. I think they were just really confused, and so they ended up taking the field goal there. And they they not only did they stall out in the red zone, but they burn a timeout just to kick a field goal. So the next play, a next defensive play. Keanu Neal blasts Kendall Sheffield, probably about the best corner you got on the team, blasts him and takes him out of the game. That's friendly fire. And then uh, the next, I mean, the next play is uh, they they burn another timeout, or not, the, the next offensive uh, possession, they burn another timeout on some crazy third down play that Matt Ryan didn't know how to set the offense up. So they burned two timeouts in the first uh, probably six minutes of the first quarter. That is a not, that is not a very well coached team. No. So I don't, um, so that this game should, I mean, the final score of this game ends up being 25-17. This game should have been a blowout. They took a lot of field uh, – the Falcons kicked a lot of field goals. That should have been at least half of those should have been touchdowns. So, Right, yeah, I, I agree with you, especially with uh, Bridgewater struggling in the game too. I mean, his completion percentage was okay, but he just never really seemed like he was in sync with the offense for Carolina. And I, I think this was maybe an example of where Carolina's true talent really showed up. Too. Like, they had sort of overachieved all year, and they played really, I think, where their talent level truly is. They've overachieved all season. Right. I think the um, the clock struck midnight a little bit on mm-hmm. the um, the Panthers, and they turned it to a pumpkin. And you could see it to where Teddy B did not want to go past 15 yards. I don't think he wanted to go past – even the plays that he had available – he was trigger uh, kind of gunshot, and he never looked comfortable because kudos to Raheem Morris and Jeff Ulbrich or whoever's calling the plays nowadays. Um, they they ran a lot of blitzes, um, a lot of A-gap blitzes and a lot of secondary and linebacker blitzes. So I thought that that was an excellent decision by the, the coaching staff. Um, they ended up having – several fourth down stops with Foyer Lewican coming up with an A-gap blitz or Deion Jones coming up in a um, A-gap blitz as well. So, Right. Uh, so, but uh, one bright – I mean, one kind of another, I guess, spot for like the Panthers was Curtis Samuels re- really showed out to be a, a, a nightmare matchup because they were using him like a running back. Uh, the big – long uh touchdown throw uh was 42 yards in the second quarter uh to make it 
uh, 14 to 13. So in the second quarter, the kick, uh, Matt Ryan throws up. That's right. Okay. We're starting there in the second corner. Matt Ryan throws a baffling pick. The score is they've kicked two. The Falcons have kicked two field goals. So it's six to seven. And Matt Ryan just overthrows the receiver, I guess. And they, they, he get, they get a pick. That leads to a flea flicker to Curtis Samuel to make it 14 to six. And at this point, you're thinking this could possibly be a bad, this could be a bad day for the Falcons. And so this is one of two places where I really thought momentum, if you believe in momentum, momentum uh, really shift, could have shifted to the Panthers. And kudos to the Falcons as they stood tall. So. Yeah, they um they they definitely defied my expectations for the game. I said forty one to what ten, right? Is that my final score? Is that yeah, yeah. mine was uh third I think mine was thirty mine wasn't much better. Mine was thirty four seventeen. I got one of the numbers right. I don't know if I got and I think I got yeah, no, I got one of the numbers right. That was it. Not the right team. So what was the most surprising to you? We'll just pause right there with the uh, recap, but like, what was the most surprising to you in this game? Like what, what stuck out to you in your mind? I think the fact that we were able to um, put a lot of pressure on on the offense for Carolina, I I think that was most surprising because the first game we really couldn't get any pressure on Bridgewater. Bridgewater really struggled in this game. And the other difference was we had Julio in this game, too, and he had a big game. Yeah, he had, a, what, 137? Uh, 137 yards. receiving yards, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I think, yeah, that was my biggest uh, surprise as well is um, tackling was better. I know I uh, I was watching the game with uh, <clears throat> my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law at, the end of the, at night, and I, like, paused the TV. It was, like, down to the two-minute warning. Falcons were – up eight you know i got down to crush time and i paused and was like i am going to predict what's happening here (laughs) they're going to start missing tackles they're going to get they're going to give up chunk yards but uh the tackling was a lot better and um and foyer lucan i think had his best game as a falcon um he was everywhere and uh it's good to see it was good to see him show out in, in that so all right so we're in the second quarter uh kind of another big play was austin, uh, austin riley not austin riley um uh <clears throat> calvin ridley gets hurt on a big third down conversion and what you think of matt ryan's uh 13 yard scramble for the touchdown man i mean he saw some athleticism for such an old guy guys <laughs> of his age uh, he looked good. He looked good. I thought it was a little risky, but he, he made it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. So, at the beginning of the second quarter, uh, uh, no, it was – let's see. Oh, that was in the third quarter. I'm so sorry. But, yeah, uh, he runs for a third – and they asked him after the game, he's like, man, how fast do you think he ran? He's like, just fast enough. And he said he's been doing that all of his life. It's his 10th rushing touchdown of his career. And uh, just kind of a side note, too, for Matt Ryan. You know, he's first in the league in passing yards. He's he's first in the league in passing yards, and he's first in the league in yards per game, just ahead of Russell Wilson. 
um, for like percentage points, which is crazy to think about. But his touchdowns are way down, uh, comparatively speaking, to Russell Wilson. Um, there's a couple more. Uh, so currently, the the scores six uh, four. Falcons are uh, Falcons are losing six to fourteen, and they drive down. Um, they drive down to get a. Uh, they get a touchdown right here, and it's three fifty-five till half, and Matt Ryan takes two sacks, and they have to kick a field goal, so uh, ends up being sixteen to fourteen. So they're leading at half, um, sixteen to fourteen, and after that, the Falcons really defense really picks up in the second half, and they really only allow. They don't allow much. They allowed three more points for the Panthers, and they stand tall at the end. They end up getting – the guy who get, um, stepped in for Kendall Sheffield, Lee Ray Wilson, which is like your practice squad guy. He's not practice squad, but he's your second string guy. He ends up getting the pick at the end to seal the game for the 20, Falcons 25-17 win. Uh, Todd Gurley in the fourth quarter as well gets a rushing touchdown. That puts him at number eight, uh, or puts him at eight rushing touchdowns in the league. So that's for for him. What's that put him at three? Number three? No. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere around there. Someone around there. Let me see. I got it right here. Uh, so that puts him fourth in rushing yards and second in rushing touchdowns and third in rushing attempts. So remember that conversation we had at the beginning of the year where I was like, uh, well, actually, I had this conversation with Chris, and we were we were debating who was going to have a bigger impact, Hayden Hurst or Todd Gurley. And I said it was going to be Hayden Hurst because Todd Gurley, there's no way he's going to make play 14 games. Well, at this rate, he really might play 14 games because right now he's leading the league in rushing attempts. He's um, leading the league, I mean, he's top five in the league in rushing yards, and he's second in the league in rushing touchdowns. So, I mean, he's really surprised me this year, and I know you've been a little disappointed in that. I think you had really high expectations for him. I'm not necessarily disappointed in Todd Gurley as much as I'm more disappointed in the Falcons' play calling. It's like they could have – ran a lot more through Todd Gurley, but, yeah, they chose not to. I mean, just the fact that Matt Ryan's leading the league in passing yards, you know, tells me a lot, too, that the offense is definitely, you know. Pass first. More, yes, a pass first offense. And that style doesn't really seem to work ultimately because it really affects the defense, too. Now, on the other hand, like the other day, I mean, the Falcons dominated the Carolina Panthers in time of possession. I thought they had the ball for like 38 minutes and then mm-hmm. Carolina only had it for 23. So, I mean, what they did the other day worked effectively, but it's just, it's never consistent. It doesn't work like that game to game to game. Right. And uh, they're really leaning on uh, Todd Gurley to be like a real bell cow. But I think what another surprising, um, I've been screaming this all year that Brian Hill looks really explosive and I think Brian Hill should get more touches. He's running back number two. But I think he has a – what the broadcasters were saying, um, I think he has a hard time in pass protection. So, picking up linebacker blitzes and chipping. And I don't think he 
picks up blitzes as well as or whatever protection as he needs to. I think that's a, has a lot there, but um, yeah, I, that was a surprise there. And um, an, uh, about the Matt Ryan, sorry, to his career. Yeah, three hundred yards, uh, three hundred, three oh seven passing average. Oh, play calling—that's what we were talking about. So mm. there was a section. There was like, like a section, like three plays in a row where they tried. They were within, I think, the, in, inside the red zone. They ran Todd Gurley up the middle three times, and I'm a broken record. But like, why? Like, why between the tackles run with Todd Gurley if he wants to bounce it every time? And if you know, like, me and you sit and are watch the games and do a podcast, you know people who are, get paid to watch these games and track these things know better than this. Like, what – is it he just stubborn or is he trying to establish the run? I don't know. I mean, maybe at this point he's thinking, well, gee, I've spent all this time, like, really emphasizing the pass, and I need a job for next year. I don't think I'm going to be back with the Falcons next year, so I at least need to show I can do something else besides pass down the field. What was their – do you have their um, their play selection, like, at the end? Was, uh, like, how many plays, how many rushes, and how many passes? For the Falcons? Yeah. Um – I've got a couple of late ones here. Let's see. So. Another surprising stat for that game. Yeah, they ran the ball more. They ran the ball more than they passed it. So, the Falcons are, are, are shaping – Dirk Cutter is shaping – trying to shape the identity of the Falcons to be a possession. The games that they've played well and the games that they've won, they have – had possession they've had balanced play calling and they eat the clock up when they need to and punch and well they still have red zone woes and i think that's just bad coaching so i have a question for you mr joe brady did you what did you see from joe brady this time around because you know teddy bridgewater oh we could go back to teddy bridgewater getting hurt dante fowler is getting held at the point of attack He's he's basically the offensive line is basically bear hugging him in a hole that doesn't get called, and Teddy Bridgewater tries to slip through the tackles, and Dante Fowler sticks out his foot and kicks Teddy Bridgewater in the kneecap, and then I think Charles Harris ends up with the late hit with the head head to head contact or is targeting, so Charles Harris gets ejected. But I mean, Twitter, I mean. Twitter blew up and said that was a dirty hit by Dante Fowler. What do you think? Um, I didn't. I didn't think so. I didn't. I, I didn't think it was a dirty play. Then we went back and forth on the text messages the other night, and we discussed that too. And I, I just, I didn't think it was a dirty play. I thought there, I've seen plenty of dirty plays. And I didn't think that was one of them. Yeah. Um, he was getting mugged. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the interesting – we'll talk about Joe Brady here in just a minute. Okay, so overall for the game with the Falcons, uh, not just like at the end, they ran the ball more than they passed here. They had three, 30 passes, 36 rushing attempts. So, that's so, really – that's even, though. That's 36 and 30. That's really, yeah. really even. That's more, <clears throat> that's more even than they typically are. Um, so. Yeah, a lot more even than they typically are because usually that, that number is, like, going in the other direction. It may be, like, 45 – 
passing attempts and 18 carries or 15 carries right. or, or something like that. I, but yeah, that's the kind of line I saw against Seattle earlier this year. I saw a very similar line against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but, the, you know, and it proves that when you have a more balanced attack, you have a better chance of winning. Like, you, the defense doesn't know what's coming next. Now, as far as Joe Brady's concerned, um, I, I liked a lot of the – I just thought there was an execution problem for Carolina the other night, but I liked a lot of the plays that he called. He, he had a nice reverse. Flea that, um Yeah, and they had a flea flicker too. And, I mean, I like a lot of the plays. I just think that Joe Brady is working with a talent deficit. I mean, to me, it's a miracle what he's been able to do with Teddy Bridgewater anyway. Because Teddy Bridgewater, you know, he was a fairly high draft pick coming out, tore his ACL. He's really just been stuck as a backup for so long, filling for Drew Brees a little bit last year with the New Orleans Saints. But he, he's never been a world-beater quarterback, and I wouldn't expect him to become one now. But he's having the best season of his career this year. For sure. I totally agree with that. And I think – uh, go ahead. Yeah, I think you, that's Joe Brady. I mean, I, I think it's the development of the quarterback, and that's what Joe Brady is good at. So, I didn't see anything that would make me not want to hire him. I still would like him to be the Falcons head coach. Uh, I saw uh, – yeah, and I think the play selection – of what his personality is made a lot of sense. So like, I think, I think what happens is like with head coaches or offensive coordinators will call plays in your head that you think should work, but like you have to like cater to your personnel. I don't think, uh, I don't think Dirk Cutter really, I don't know. I don't know if he understands that. Dirk Cutter just does his thing. I mean, he goes out there and, Pretty much that's the same game plan in every game for the yeah. most part. His his Madden quick picks, you get about six plays to run. Um, <laughs> what does Zach say? Madden on rookie mode? <laughs> right. Uh, so the, the Falcons only punted one time in that game. That was really surprising too. Um, so really that's kind of it on the game. It was very surprising. The Falcons, this is the best the Falcons have played. This is the best game the Falcons have played all year. Um, in a real surprising game, uh, the Falcons win 25-17 on a last-minute pick with under a minute left. Bleedy Ray Wilson jumps up and picks the ball off. Uh, Deion Jones had a sack. Foyer Lewican had a couple – I think he had a sack and a half. Uh, Grady played good. Keanu Neal played good. I think every, uh, a lot of the defensive players played, played good. They played prideful. Matt Ryan had a couple scrambles. He, like, doubled his career rushing yards in one game. Um, he had a 13-yard run for a first down. He had a 13-yard uh, touchdown run. So, just a lot of surprising things, which is good to see. You need to have some pride in your, in, your, in your team. But, you know, I don't know how – what. and then there's some other teams around the league have begun to flounder. So, uh, now you're in real competition for – that top pick you are um yeah i will say this i watched a good bit of the giants game against tampa bay you know the giants really aren't that bad their record is not very reflective i think of the kind of team they actually are you know you realize that they haven't really lost a lot of games by double figures in fact all their losses have pretty much been by single digits so, they've been in games and they've had a chance. I just don't think they know how to finish. So, I, I would expect the Giants to win more games towards the end of the season. The Jets, they're going to – I mean, dude, they're probably going to – I think the best – their ceiling is probably 
one wins, but I don't know. They look like a pretty good 0 and 16 yeah. bet right now. Well, they look like they're just, I mean, they look like zombies, man. They just look like they do not want to be there. It's crazy. Um, and they're by far the worst team in the league, but I, I don't know if, if the Giants even had uh, a higher pick. Let's just say the Giants did struggle the rest of the season. I don't know if the Giants would go quarterback. The Jets definitely would, but I don't know if the Giants would. I don't think so either. If, I mean, I like, I think they like Daniel Jones. I, I think they would, they yeah. would stick with him. I, I, I think you're, you're right there as well. Okay, so um, are you surprised that the Falcons didn't make any moves? Because the, tra- the trade deadline was Tuesday, of which was yesterday. The, the trade deadline was yesterday, and there's some there was some moves, <clears throat> I'd say more than normal moves, because the, the NFL trade down NFL trade deadline is typically pretty quiet. Well, there were some pretty marquee names that moved around this time around, but are you surprised the Falcons didn't make any moves? I'm not surprised because I think they want to leave it up to the new general manager. Uh, that's been talked about before. And I thought there was a chance I might try to move Matt Ryan or Julio Jones, but I, I don't think they want to do that yet to their new general manager. And I think they really want to see what their position in the draft is going to be before they make such a move. Because I talked to you about this before. I think if – Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence aren't there in the draft for you that you need to keep Matt Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I, I'm totally I totally agree with that. And um um I think with the next general manager, it's cause I was talking to a guy today at, at work that it was like it's not like dodge like this Falcons general manager job and this Falcons head coaching job, it's not like dodgeball it's you're going out it's like i'll pick him no they have to walk through the door and like they have to the coach has to choose you and you want to look good and be appealing we have these assets that can be moved with a little creativity granted because of the salary cap issue but if you go ahead and make a move without a general manager sitting in the seat for say that could send a different crazy message to the upcoming general manager or not be as appealing. So I don't know if this job, this Falcons job is of all the vacancies that are going to be available. What is the ranking of like how appealing the Falcons job would be, but I feel like it would be appealing. You've got to, you got to, I mean, you've got a built in ready top five defense or no, a built in ready top five offense. Not a top five defense. You probably have a bottom five defense um, that you're going to have to rebuild from the studs. But you've got a top five offense ready to go. Like, here are the keys to the kingdom. Let's run it. So, I feel right. like Okay. Be- so, just looking at, at teams that are kind of like right around there as far as appeal goes, where the Falcons are, um, I would say that the Falcons probably aren't as attractive as the job as I say, the Houston job. Houston's probably going to be the most attractive job because it's going to be available Watson. in the offseason, right, because of Deshaun Watson. Now, the Jets don't seem very attractive on paper right now, but if they suddenly get Trevor Lawrence, you know, that job would probably go up. But do you want to deal with all the New York media and stuff? I mean, a lot right, of people right, really right. don't. Um, yeah, I would think that, you know, probably if you look at, other jobs that could be available. I mean, there's a chance the the Bengals job could be available this year. 
Jacksonville Jaguars job could be available. Who's um, who's I, that? Who's that? Where's um, Gase at? Is that Adam Gase is with the Jets? Jets. Okay, yeah. yeah that's gonna be available. I mean, yeah, that's gonna be available. I mean, he's the ne- I think he's the next one gone. Like, I don't know what they're waiting on there. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, he's never had any success anywhere he's been. I think he's had three head coaching jobs now. Nope. He he's really flamed out at all three because he was with Denver for a while. Right, and he—I don't remember if he was the head coach at Miami, but he was at least the offensive coordinator there. And nobody, nobody liked him. Like it's never and, been. It's always been. Oh, we don't like this guy. Yeah, right. But but believe me, the Jets had more problems than Adam Gase. It's just an entire talent deficit on the entire roster. They have injuries this year. Um, yeah, they, they really kind of just made the wrong pick at quarterback. I was never real impressed with that quarterback when he played with USC. He has a really weird release motion. Um, right. I, I thought. I just – I never really was high on him anyway. Yeah. So, now you, you're kind of looking at maybe Trevor Lawrence, but he might ditch you for another year of college. does. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he actually probably has some reasons to come back because, you know, Trevor Lawrence was diagnosed with COVID and he said to stay out. He, he was out this past Saturday. He's going to be out this upcoming Saturday against Notre Dame. Uh, his Heisman chances, you know, fair or not fair of taking a hit just because of COVID. I'm sure he'd like to win the trophy, and he might be willing to come back for another year. I mean, it's not the first time it's happened before. Peyton Manning came back for another year. So, I mean, that was a different time, but I really think there's still a possibility that Trevor Lawrence is back at Clemson next year. I'm really hoping not, though, because the Georgia Bulldogs have to open up against Clemson the first game of the season next year. <laughs> so, it all comes back for full circle, Todd. Uh, yeah, I right. don't, I don't – uh, I could see him – if they don't win the if they don't win the national championship this year, I could see him coming back. Um, but that's about. I mean, can remember how that's how Nick Chubb and everybody did at UGA that Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle got together and was like, you know what, we're going to come back again. I think I think they have so much fun up there and they're so dominant in the ACC that there there is. I think he has more potential coming back, um, going back to college than Justin Fields does. I don't think just I think Justin Fields is going out regardless. It's my I don't hey, Justin Fields is is going to come out and suddenly if Trevor Lawrence doesn't go out, then Justin Fields is probably looking at being the number one player selected. Exactly. He could probably I mean he's probably more like a number four, number five pick uh, with Lawrence in the draft, because I, I think there's two or three teams that probably won't go for a quarterback there. I think he would be there for the Falcons. So we really kind of want Trevor Lawrence to go to the draft. Right. So you have Hopefully. a shot at him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I got um, – so did you see the headlines with Vic Beasley? I know we keep talking about Vic Beasley. He ain't been on the team in a while, but it's pretty funny. Yeah. They got cut by the Tennessee Titans. Love it. Yeah. Just, man. That is mind-blowing. And then, not only is it – remember, it was Beasley and Tat McKinley. Tat McKinley just all of a sudden created a bunch of drama. Um, Literally today, I think, or yesterday. Did you see all that on Twitter? I did not, actually. Oh, well, you're in for a treat. Let me paint you a picture. Uh, The trade deadline come and goes, and Tat McKinley sends out – a tweet tagging the Atlanta Falcons saying that the Atlanta Falcons are clowns for not trading me because I request, I requested a trade last year 
and they refused a second round pick for me. And then this year, when I requested a trade again, they turned down a fifth and a sixth round pick for me. And now, now I'm stuck here, essentially. This paraphrasing on all of it. And because you remember, he they sat him before the trade deadline just so he wouldn't get hurt, so he could be a right. trade. And that would be if there was going to be two players selected to be traded in a minor deal or just in, help your draft out, it would have been Tat McKinley or Keanu Neal, in my opinion, just to get those contracts off the books and to help a, excuse me, help a contender out and gain a draft pick would have been excellent. But uh, those two things did not happen. But uh, him coming out and saying all this stuff doesn't, I mean, obviously, they earlier in the year, just another little bit of history there, that earlier in the year they did not pick up his fifth-year option for his rookie deal. And there was a lot of emotion, you know, a lot of drama going on with that. So, it's not looking good, Tack, playing ever again for the Atlanta Falcons for the rest of this year. Yeah, probably not. I'm good with it. Just let him go. Let yeah. Him go. Well, and you and here's the deal. If you cut him, I think there's like ramifications where I think you lose a comp- uh you lose, I think you can like uh lose a compensatory pick is what they call it. But you have to all you gotta do is just bench him for the rest of the year and then cut him after a certain date and you'll you know, that's it. You don't have to owe him you don't owe him any more money. You you he's literally played out his contract and that'll be it. He can go get a contract somewhere else. I, you know, he's he was prone. To, he was all he was a he was prone to injury. He was a, a lot of hype coming out of the draft. Therefore, there again, I could hear your words in my ears right now. Is he was a little bit of a reach at uh, nineteen. Mm-hmm. So that was, uh, <laughs> you know, I think that was that was the year they they had a, that T.J. Watt was still on the board. They could have they could have drafted T.J. Watt. But uh, yeah, they did not pull the trigger on T.J. Watt, and uh, he's turned out to be a pretty good player. Well, that's the story of the Atlanta Falcons missing big in the draft. Yeah, so that year, if I'm not mistaken, it was it was Tat McKinley, first round, second round, Duke Riley, and third round, Sam Harlow. And Sam Harlow came from a school you've never heard of, and uh, – Three of the like that's rounds one, two, and three, mm-hmm. and now none of like that's a that is a complete strikeout. Yeah, you know, I mean, up to fourth round pick is you're supposed to be contributing. Like, where start when you get to the fifth round pick is where you start finding gems in the draft. So, like picks one through four should be contributing, like to like today. So right. Uh, all right, and um. So and you know what's saying? Speaking of bad trades, I just want to say this on air. You offered me a, a trade in fantasy <laughs> football yesterday. Did you really think I was going to go for that? James Conner for uh, – uh, you wanted me to give you James Conner for Allen Robinson? Really? Well, look, this is the deal, Todd. You're going to put me on blast <laughs> like that. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to explain myself to the people, Chris, and all you guys listening. I know uh, don't, don't hit me up on – don't text me. Um, I saw your wide receiver depth 
and you don't have a wide receiver one. And uh, I have a, a, I have a lot of wide receiver depth, but I don't have a lot of running back depth. So I figured, hey, a starter for a starter, you need a wide receiver. I need a running back. That'd be you know a fair swap there, Todd. Uh, I don't know. Actually, I've been doing quite well with my wide receivers this year. But if I gave you a running back, then I would only have one running back left. So that didn't really make a lot of sense to me. So I'm, I just want you to know beforehand, I'm not going to respond to you on fantasy. I'm just going to tell you I'm declining that trade. You told me on air. Well, thank you. I'm glad you decided just to, to blindside me with that on air. Sure. I appreciate that. Uh, so what well, we needed, we needed content. We needed content on the yeah. air. So I figured I'd just add that. Yeah, appreciate it. Hey, man. There's some, there's some trades going around this league, man, be trying to clean me out. So you got to just keep on your toes on this league. This year has been the most active trade year I've ever seen. So it's been good. Yeah, I've had quite a few trades. I've, but uh, I haven't really offered anybody a trade. I've had trades offered to me. And I had a couple of key pieces at the beginning of the year that I thought might be good just to draft. That I didn't really need that I could get rid of and get something else later. So yeah. it's worked out. All right. So what uh... – <laughs> You got anything else for the people, Todd? We got to end something. We got to end it positively. What you, what you got for the Falcons, man? Well, um, I don't know if you really want me to end positive. Okay, I guess it'll be positive. They're still playing Denver this week, and um, yeah, they should have a chance there. Send the uh, some Mercedes Benz. If they were going to Denver, I would say that's a no go. We would lose that game. But inside Mercedes Benz, the confines of Mercedes Benz Stadium, I think we could win. You know, Denver. I don't think the Falcons have won at Denver in a really long time. Yeah, uh, I think well, they all usually usually the Falcons get destroyed in Denver, as I recall. Yeah, uh, I remember back when the Tevin Coleman. Had, well, they went to uh, 2016, I think. That Tevin Coleman, uh, it was a chance whether or not he was going to go to Denver because he has some like medical issues that uh, that they, I don't even think they won that year either. So. Um, that they don't think they have a great track record on the road for Denver, but yeah, like you said, it's in the bin. So on, on the AstroTurf. <clears throat> right. But get ready though. It's going to be a wild ride after that coming off that bye week schedules tough the rest of the way. You might be able to sneak a win or two at the very end of the season when, you know, Tampa Bay doesn't care or Kansas city doesn't care because they've already clinched their playoff position, but you pretty much are playing playoff caliber teams the rest of the way after this Denver game. Yeah, it'll be a good it'll be good uh, litmus test to see uh, what kind of what kind of coaching staff you got and who wants it. So uh, yeah, I think Denver's a winnable game, and then uh, we'll, after the bye week, the Falcons have had success. After the bye week, uh, they've had success against the Saints in weird years. So I mean, hey, who knows what could happen, man? So give me a number, Stan. Now that uh, we're halfway through uh, the season, what, what are we at what, now? What's the Falcon? What is the Falcons' final record going to be? So we'll see what we're two and what was it two and six now? Are we two and six yeah. through eight games? Through eight games. So now keep in mind, this is the schedule the rest of the season, too. Yeah, so it's, it's, okay, Denver this week, then you got a bye week, New Orleans twice. We played the Raiders one time, we played Tampa twice, Kansas City, the Los Angeles Chargers. So all right, so I see, you know, I think they could get ceiling. This is bad. 
ceiling is six wins. Oh, gosh. Don't tell me that. Yeah, I think they could get six wins. I think so. Six what, so they get three. Okay, no, because I already, I already counted the – so let's go five. Five wins. So that means you can get three in those last stretch. I think you get the Broncos. I think you could get the Chargers. And I think you can get one from the Saints. Do we want them to win five? No, I don't. You know, I mean, if we're if we're going for the the betterment of the Atlanta Falcons, then we want to say two and fourteen. I mean, five five or six wins is probably going to put you somewhere between the ten tenth draft. Yeah, probably ten and ten to thirteen somewhere in that range. I would say. I don't know. Yeah, they could they could beat Denver. I don't know if I would favor them in that game, but they could beat Denver. Uh, Los Angeles, maybe. If Kansas City and Tampa Bay are playing with anything to play for at the end of the season, they won't beat either one of those teams. But I, I think Kansas City, just based on their record now, should have just about everything wrapped up. And Tampa probably will, too. Yeah, and I think you split the Saints. So, I mean, you, I mean there you go. There's three more wins. Split? Right there. Split? Yeah, man. The Saints aren't all that right now. Neither are the Falcons. Yeah, well, yeah. We, we want the Falcons to be good in the future. I don't want them splitting with the Saints. I'm wanting the Saints sweep this year. Well, I'm to- – yeah, I, I'm with you. But I'm just saying that's just kind of how these games go with the, in the in the division, man. I yeah, mean, just look how nobody ever would have thought – right. And nobody ever would have thought that the Falcons would have beat the Saints like a drum the way they did right, the end last, of the, year. last year. Yeah, exactly. So – that's just kind of how this division goes, man. And look, six wins. The NFC East would give their left foot for six wins. Yeah, but they can make the playoffs with five. Well, and I think there was some talk too about expanding, expanding the playoffs even more. What if? And I think they might even go to try to go to a bubble. So yes, I actually did hear that. So they're talking about eight teams in each conference. Uh, for the playoffs right now, and that's that's only if it's like a contingency plan. If some regular season games are canceled, canceled, right? Right. So eight teams. So that would be four division winners, four wild cards. Yeah, and the Falcons still don't make it to the playoffs. No, nor do they deserve to. No, absolutely not. We don't want them to. We want a high pick. All right, Todd. Anything else for the people? Keep losing, man. Lose. Don't <laughs> don't win seven games. Yeah, I'm with you. Let's not let's not not win unnecessary games here. But it's good to see them play good. Um, glad to see the defense come around and um, you know get some turnovers and stuff. But uh, yeah, like you said, we want high draft picks. All right. I've well, got to tell you, dude. I'm a little bit nervous though because the Falcons through eight games are better than they were last year through eight games. They were. Well, one and seven last year. Now they're two and six. I mean, that's a eerily good. similar record and looking eerily similar to last and, season as well. And they have a better offense. Well, it's debatable. Their their passing offense is fantastic. Their rush offense still hasn't been a whole lot to uh, write home about there. Yeah. All right, Falcons fans, hang on. We're, we'll make it through. It's going to be a long season, but we'll be here to cover it. If you like what you heard tonight, go ahead and like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on Twitter, follow uh, 
subscribe to us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, rise up.